The Watch is the latest and the greatest in pop culture from best friends Chris Ryan and Andy Greenwald. Join them as they discuss TV, movies, music, and much more. Check out The Watch on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Prestige TV Podcast. My name is Bill Simmons. I am here with my buddy Joe House of The Ringer, of Fairway Rolling, and a bunch of other podcasts that we have. We've known each other since 1988 in college. We've had a lot of favorite TV shows over the years. Succession is the latest. We did a gimmick house for Grantland in 2014 where I counted down my 20 favorite Boogie Nights characters. And I made it seem like we were doing it. I made a list. You didn't sign off on the list. And then you were outraged over and over again. I think Dirk Diggler was like number seven or number eight. How both, dare you? And you were just furious. And then as it went down and we were arguing and I thought we would recapture the magic of that with Succession. We were going to do my 25 favorite Succession 25. characters. Yeah, well, we're going to zip through the, the 25 through 15, but I didn't tell you the list. Are you prepared to get angry at me? I'm prepared to get angry. I'm prepared to... Uh celebrate the calamari cock ring. I mean, I, you know, you're not a man, Bill Simmons. You're a fucking planet and I'm here for it. <laughs> We're going to pay homage to L to the OG. L to the OG. To multiple hooker girlfriends. Yes. Um, to the Roy family, to bed shitters. There's a lot that's going to happen. So let's just get into it. Some people who didn't make the cut house. Yeah. Honorable mentions. Jamie, Jamie Laird. Oh, I have him on my list. You, you had him? Okay, yeah. well, he didn't make the cut. All right. Uh, great scene by him, episode 10, season two, where he really is pushing for the deal and they kind of they kind of see through him and they just send him packing on the boat. You like Jamie? Well, I mean, he played an important uh, role. He filled, he's a good role player, good bench player. Nah, he's up. Carolina, the PR person who had some good looks of either complete horror or confusion. I wanted more. I wanted a little backstory. I wanted her involved with maybe go on one date with Kendall. Nothing. We never got the backstory with her. Nate, who had the affair with Shiv. Yes. And then Tom basically took his lunch. He he took his wine at the wedding, made him pour the wine back in the bottle and completely emasculated him. I didn't like Nate. I didn't yeah. like his giant head. I didn't think Shiv would be with him. It he, bothered me that Shiv liked him. He should have looked better. Yeah. Right? He should have been handsomer. He should have been more of like a threat to people like us who are in love with Shiv. He looked like a fucking Nate that you could bully to pour wine back in a bottle. Like, imagine yeah. pour the wine back in the bottle. Go fuck yourself. Unless Shiv just has terrible taste in men, and that was the point of Nate. Well, I mean, her... Her track record beyond Nate was some some pretty handsome and exotic. She, that actor know? was a good looking yeah, guy. Yeah, right. Tom Wambangans. Uh, well, anyway, Nate's out. Screw him. Nan Pierce, I think the actress did a great job. I just didn't love the the two episodes with the Pierces. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same it was, boat. It was a detour that basically took us back to the same point of with with the family and stuff. Very good character. But I think she's taking the twenty-four billion. Don't get all haughty with me, Nan Pierce. All right, the, the the moral, the moral high ground. Yeah, don't give us the moral high ground just because there's a New York magazine. Anyway, she's out. I like that actress though. She was the president in twenty-four. Cherry Jones, great she's job, by great, her. great job by her. Um, Iverson Roy didn't make the cut. I only mentioned him. Obviously, <laughs> he's he's uh, Kendall's son. He had some issues, but 
The fact that they named him Iverson, I thought was one of the five <laughs> funniest things in the show. It's such like a, just like overtly rich white family thing to be like, I, I want to name our son after Alan Iverson. Heroic, well, rogue sixer. Like it's the, so stupid. For, for the character who begins the entire series in the back of a car loudly rapping Beastie Boys yeah. through noise-canceling headphones. Right. Like, Iverson yeah, Wright makes perfect. Of course he named his kid Iverson. Iverson Wright. Well, he didn't make the cut either. All right, we're going to get to the top 25 right now. In reverse order. We'll do this quickly. Number 25, Marsha Roy, Logan's wife. Wow. I I thought she had some good moments. I liked when when she laid into Shiv at the uh, on the wedding weekend and she does the he made you a playground and you think it's a whole world. That's a fantastic line. She's a power player. How is she only 25? Is it because we didn't see her in the last two episodes? I didn't like when she laid over for Rhea. So just, just to explain the character rankings for people. I'm not ranking on who is the best actor, best performance, just like the actual character, the enjoyment they brought me. Okay. And then... How authentic the character was. Did Was the character on a straight line? Was it written correctly? Did it obey the way it was written? And that, that Logan's wife, I don't feel like she she rolls over for Rhea like that in those two episodes. It was like she was playing the long game knowing Rhea was going to kind of burn out. Okay. But they had okay. established her yes. as this badass from Super. Lebanon yes. who was like, don't fuck with this lady. And right. then Holly Hunter shows up and she rolled over. Well, I didn't like it. Did she roll over though? Did she? So you think it, she was chess matching? Well, her? she's she's punishing Logan, right? Logan needs to get punished because the one thing he can't do is humiliate her. Like that's the implicit bond that they have. Like, yeah, she she indulges a lot with him. She knows what the deal is. She's the third wife, and she likes the power component of the relationship. But he he humiliated her, and she's punishing him. I think she deserves higher than twenty five, but it's fine. We'll we'll talk through this list. No sense of humor at all. No sense of humor. It, it's not like, oh, cool. Here's a scene with Marsha Roy. I think that's why she's low. I think she's an effective character. Didn't, didn't, won't be telling my grandkids. Won't be going on YouTube looking for Marsha Roy scenes. The, the, to me, the uh, best line relating to Marsha is what uh, Lady Caroline Collingwood referred to her as the head of Middle Eastern operations. <laughs> that, that was what of, what of the what of her Lady Caroline's Lady Caroline, which she had. Well, we'll get to. Her. I know we will. Number twenty four. I have Frank. I thought sure. the guy who played Frank was just perfect. Where he's he was a great a combination. Frank. Yeah, he's a political guy, but he's also a punching bag, and he's resilient. He takes stuff personally, but yet comes back for more. He's and, very self-aware. That's yes. what I like about Frank, the Frank, the character. And and as is <laughs> throughout this show, I kept having this experience of not being able to separate the actor from. Like, yeah. They all seem to me now to inhabit the, those characters so well. Like, I don't know if I could ever have a conversation with Kieran Culkin and not expect him right. to do Roman. Frank, and that was the Frank funny- felt the same way to me. Yeah, and Frank was one of those guys. Yeah. But now he's Frank. Classic. But that was one of the interesting things about Succession. We had no history with basically anyone on the show except for Brian Cox and maybe Fisher Stevens. And Culkin. Yeah, and Fisher Stevens a little bit, but it was all these fresh, you kind of had to feel them out. Feel yeah. Them. But now it's like they're the people. It's really hard to, I, watching Kendall either in Succession or as the Red Sox manager, Alex Cora, <laughs> which are the two roles that he plays. <laughs> looks exactly like Alex Cora. Alex Cora, Kendall Roy. Um, but uh, yeah, it's hard to separate. Anyway, Frank, number 24. That's fine. I enjoy him. Knows his place. Going to number 23. Lawrence Yee, the head of Walter. Yeah. Some great lines and moments from him in the pilot episode, which the pilot episode, I, let's talk about it quickly. They hadn't really figured out the characters yet. And I think with Joanna Robinson, I talked about this last week, it takes a few episodes I think for the writers to learn the characters and the actors, for the actors to kind of realize how to color between the lines and stuff. And like Kendall's, well, do your thing on Kendall and the pilot. Well, I just thought like across the board, the point that you're making is a good uh, uh, way of describing how I felt like looking back, what you and I did was rewatch, you know, you rewatched every one of the 20 episodes a couple times over. Yeah. And I was catching back up. And as I sat through the first five or six episodes, what I've come to understand and appreciate about these characters 
going back to then, it's like, how did we get they these they were rough caricatures. They were like the worst versions of themselves. They didn't have anything to like really, you know, sink your teeth into. Well, you used the word campy, which I thought was good. And and you know, that that really to me describes scenes like Roman jerking off in his office, you know, this after he's on the window. Yeah, the first time he gets Frank fired and it becomes yeah. the chief the COO. He goes up to his office, pulls down all the blinds and jerks off onto the window of the 95th floor or whatever. Come on. Yeah. Well, the show settles in, but Lawrence is really good in the first episode. What's he weird is. is in the Walter episode where Kendall tries to build up this multimedia thing that they bought and then destroys it at the end of the show. I actually thought Lawrence I didn't kind of live up to the promise of what a dick he was in the first episode. He rolled over a little bit for Kendall. He did get a bunch of a big fat check. Yeah, I guess he did. Maybe fine. he didn't care at that point. Number 22, the Weasley Waco PR guy played by Fisher Stevens. <laughs> yeah. Once married to Michelle Favre. I loved where Logan would just get mad at him and he would change his mind, but he was just, he was just a, a good beaten down PR guy. He also did have, uh, you know, so, some some strong Machiavelli angles to him. Logan respected he did. him. Very, very similar to our friend Louis K and how oh, he operated. Oh, wow. Yeah, very similar. Okay, I don't um, know. Well, Louis, take that as a compliment. wishy-washy, um, Machiavellian. Think, no, I'm, I'm kidding, Louis. I going to take it that nah, way. Louis, that's all, all joking. <laughs> uh, number 22, Brian, the management training buddy. We... You love this guy. This is in my favorite episode, Safe Room. Uh, he's working with Ron Rockstone, a.k.a. AKA <laughs> Roman. Great. He looks right at him. Strong name. I like, he's like, what do you do? He's like, I like hanging out with my cousins, Bob and <laughs> Bob and Joseph. No, his nephews. His nephews? He spends time with his nephews and he has high-tech drones. Yeah. No, he was good. He was a good... Sometimes when you have these one episode, you never see them get characters. They don't work, but I really enjoyed that guy. Uh, I have him tied for uh, number 21 with the winner of 2019, Bore on the Floor, Carl. Carl, sure. Carl, not the greatest character, but uh, he won Bore on the Floor. Carl, Carl Mueller. Yeah. Pulled off like Tom had. Tom was a minus 500 favorite during Bore on the Floor. He had the sausage first. Yes. Carl just would not Stole be denied. Stole the sausage. And then he's funny on the odd at the end when Kendall's like, it's going to be me. And there's a pause and Carl's like, uh, is, uh, I, I don't mean to be, uh, uh, too forward here, but is there, is there going to be any other announcements? Are there, <laughs> like, everyone is just covering their ass at all times in this show. It's great. All right. Now we're into the, uh, top 20. Ray Jewel, I have a 20. Yeah. Really effective character. Really smart. Especially when she starts kind of seeing this was the wrong job and she's being set up to fail and she starts kind of pulling away and you could see her pulling away in that last episode. I wanted more from Holly Hunter in this role. In what respect? I don't know. How would you describe this character ultimately? Like she's definitely a take no prisoners businesswoman, really smart, really calculating but they tried to sell us on this thing with sexual attention thing with Logan. Yeah, that was And tough. I was just not buying it. I that never, was tough. I don't know who it was less realistic for, but that, that part was weird. It was almost like, like it, it had to be somebody a little more sultry that I felt like Logan was willing to get seduced by the notion of versus like, she was more like her, his intellectual equal. Well, and he already had that with his third wife. Well, I think it was like a, I definitely... Um, understand the notion of it being a calculated liaison, right? And so she's uh, appealing to all of Logan's, you know, uh, senses, vices, you know, she's getting him at every level, emotionally, intellectually, physically, because that's that's how she wants to fulfill her ambition. But the physical part wasn't there. I didn't I, see the connection with them at all. Like, it, let me let me throw this at you. Let's say Sharon Stone is in that role. Well, casino Sharon Stone, but at her age now where she's like older now, people would say like Sharon Stone, she's not a, Sharon Stone is a good actress. She's been good and like she's great in casino. Now, maybe that she's playing a crazy character in that, but should it have been somebody who had, you know, somebody who's in their 60s, but you can tell back in the day Oof. could get any man she wanted at snap of her fingers. I felt like she should have been leading Logan by his cock around a little bit more than than she was. Other than that, it was. 
an intellectual thing, which again, he had with his wife. Well, I, I the my biggest complaint with that character was attaching her to the to the stick in the mud Pierce family. Like, yeah, I liked I liked the arc of of Holly Hunter's character. By the way, I I do appreciate you inviting me on this because it does appeal to my inner um, English major nerd, and this has been part of of yeah. why we've gotten along so well. Yeah. With, television prestige and otherwise over all these years but like that that arc of that character belonged to something other than the pierce family it wasn't a great fit right because she was she's one of the smartest characters um that i think she's just very solid and the the only weakness that she shows is the idea of she it's an overdue to to you know have a, a an affair with um Logan. did they have an affair? Well, they went into a bedroom together and Marsha Yeah, see I would have I would have thrown that out. I don't know if I would have had the romance piece of it. That's what I'm saying. This is yeah, this I just, is the that's complaint. why but that's why I have a rank 20. I just they, something was missing. That character either had to be more sultry or remove the romance stuff completely and just make her this calculated badass businesswoman. But then it's like so she's kind of leading Logan. I I just didn't get it. All right, number 19. You and Roy, the angry brother. Um, he's kind of the Grim Reaper of the show. He just comes in, he says terrible things. Yeah. You you build an empire of shit. It's just every time it's like rant, rant. But great lines. I like him. And and he did uh deliver for us the true conundrum for Greg the Egg, right? Yeah. Is he gonna choose the, and then and it gave us the opportunity for Logan to tell him. Look, your uncle's, I mean, your grandfather's a coward. What did he say? Uncle, yeah. uncle, whatever. Uh, or Grandpa, Grandpa Grumps. Or, yeah, uh, Uncle Fun Grandpa or Grandpa Grumps. Grumps. Or uncle Fun. Yeah, yeah. that's funny. He's 19. All right, now we're getting to some good ones. I have number 18, British heroin waiter. <laughs> <laughs> he made the cut? Yeah. He, he was not an honorable mention? Great guy. I mean, Great character. He made I, the most of his appearance on yeah, the show. He he screwed up the champagne thing. Took the took the yelling attack from Logan really nicely. I thought. Well, I mean, he, he kept going with it. That's that's what I made it extra uh, delicious. Didn't hold it against Kendall when he found out maybe he'd have something to do drugs with at the end of the night. <laughs> Got paid for the weekend. Let Kendall drive his car. Um, downside. Swimming, not great. Death, not, yeah, not a strong swimmer. Swimming, but <laughs> I like the character. Uh, number 17, Stewie. Yeah, oh, well, I have Stewie much higher than 17 if I was going to be Well, wait, rankings. you're going to have to hear the rest of the list. Fine. I think I think Stewie's actually in the right spot. Uh, okay. Highlight for Stewie for me, other than he gets progressively um, pissier. More acerbic. Pissier, more acerbic, and just more disdainful of the Roys as the two seasons go along. Stewie always has cocaine. <laughs> he sure does. But never too much cocaine. Well, he always has the right amount of cocaine. And a, it's like, you got to go back and say, no, I'm out. But he has enough to kind of get you going and make you make bad decisions. And then he's out. Judicious allocator of the cocaine. Yeah. He knew not to give it to Kendall when he needed Kendall. He right. had it. He said, I don't have it. He had it. Of course, Stewie had it. I like Stewie because I feel like from the very beginning of the show, the relationship between him and, him and Kendall, he's always one half step smarter and one step what, and, and more calculated than Kendall. He's what Kendall, uh, you know, Kendall wouldn't say it, but I think Kendall wishes he had the the acumen of Stewie, the business acumen, because Stewie's still, as we sit here right this second, entering the third season in the driver's seat. Yeah, you're right. Cocaine, what'd you call it? Joe cocaine judicator? <laughs> yeah, allocator. Uh, cocaine whatever. allocator? Yeah. Yeah. It's I've never done cocaine, but it, if I if I was a cocaine person, it would have been nice to have a Stewie around who never had too much cocaine. Well, I knew the when right to amount. give it out. Yeah, the right amount and, and would always right use time. it as a weapon. Number 16, Naomi Pierce. This is the Nan Pierce's daughter who Kendall gets involved with. Great fucked up rich lady. Yeah. Hey, I, she kind of came, came through, but I here's why I have her so high. Reminded me of like 10 people I went to high school with. <laughs> it does, she's an honorable mention to me. I didn't That's love... That's fine. I but, liked her. You know, she, she was an effective vehicle for showing the continued poor decision-making by Kendall. Kendall putting her on, bringing her along the, for the family trip. Yeah. At that moment in, in the, the, the 
the crucial juncture for the Waystar Royco, the future of the family, the future of the company, and he brings her along. Yeah. That that's like an effective thing for his his lack of judgment, but she didn't blow me away. She had the great scene when she's going for the walk with Kendall. Yes. When he's when they're what's it, Turnhaven. And he's like, and there's like this long pause, and she's like, Would you would I like to do hard drugs with you? Yes. <laughs> that, it's a great line. Yeah. Um, I liked him more than you. Number 15, Gil. So Gil's. Yes. I'm in a knife fight here and I'm holding a dildo made of American cheese. Played by Eric Bogosian. Now, Gil's probably a top 10 character, but I hold it against him because he was on Billions and he tried to do the rarely seen cross the beams. <laughs> Billions in succession. Two totally different shows. I love them both. I don't. I feel like if you're on the Billions team, you can't then be on Succession. I don't You've got to pick your this. show. Pick you, your pick your show. Pick your team. I you get, can't. You can't be on both. He's just trying to make a, a nah, bullshit. Eric, Eric Fuck Bogosian's that guy. Fuck just Eric out Bogosian. there hustling. Nah. He's, why? Why are you? Yeah, you're on the Billions team. Let, let, don't 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 uh, crush his hustle. That's good hustle by him. We'll get the the best thing. I love um, him as as uh, Miles Surrey calls him fictional um, Bernie Sanders. I think that's good. Oh, the that single, is good. My single favorite moment involving Gil Evis was uh, Roman calling him Senator Beavis, <laughs> which I love so much. <laughs> my favorite moment was when Connor, who we'll get to much later in this top twenty five, when Connor gets into it with him at the wedding. <laughs> And just starts going in, and the guy's like, "All right, I'll see you later." And Connor's <laughs> like, "I dusted that guy." Yeah, he's not up for a debate. Yeah, I won that debate. Um, yeah, I got Gil fifteen, number fourteen, piss bucket Ray, piss bucket Ray, piss Joke. bucket Ray from the board of the floor of nowhere. Yeah, he's very brief. I don't even know if he has a line, but uh, Ray needs to take a piss. Logan tells him, "Why don't you pee in here?" And he's so stupid, he almost does it. We get to see Ray later, and you nicknamed him Piss Bucket Ray, and it stuck with me. Well, he's I have him number 14. He's part of Roman's attache, isn't he? Isn't he yeah. like an executive something yeah, he's or way, other? He's, he's symbolic Roman? of just how terrible all these people are. Like, it's just <laughs> a series of, of zeros that, surrounding these. That this great group. amassed group there for the hunting expedition, yeah. you know, uh, notionally. And they're all in there, and Logan doing a master class. In you know, I have an agenda. I want to find something out. Here's how I'm going to run this show. Yeah. And this poor dope just wants to go take a leak. Piss bucket Ray. Logan's like, nope, nope, you can't. Nobody's leaving. Go get a bucket. Number 13. We never see him on screen. Uncle Mo. (laughs) Lester Lester McClintock. Lester McClintock. (laughs) The source of so much comedy. Oh, my God. Leads to some of Connor's best moments. Mo touched us all. <laughs> Should I leave with this? Mo, Mo touched everyone in this room. Uh, just crossing every line. I loved it. We don't see it as much in 2021 anymore. Everyone's too afraid to have to make jokes about an Uncle Mo. It was so fucking funny. And it feels like he's going to be a character in season three. Oh, my even God. Even though he's dead. It feels like he was the one who talked for the book. We, We're going to get more Uncle Mo. Some flashback. We should. We could get some flashback stuff, potentially. Is that what you're well, saying? You think Uncle Mo, yeah, you're right. That would make sense. Flashback you know. Uncle Mo. Uncle Mo, just in general, just a hilarious concept. Well, <laughs> and then Willa, and Willa introducing herself to Mo's wife. He's a major, major. Exactly. Uh, I'm sorry about Mo. They didn't do a great job with the boats line. What do you mean? Well, a lot of people have died on the boats. <laughs> <laughs> there were crimes. Just Mo was sweeping them up left and right. Uh, all right. Number 12. It's about to get real. Yeah. Shivroy. Whoa. Yeah. I'm penalizing her big Not time. A Let's top get into 10 it. out of no, Bill Simmons. No. And here's the thing. Sarah Snook, amazing actress. Yes. I, I actually really like the Shiv character. I think she's incredibly important in the show. So goddamn frustrating that I had to downgrade her like six, seven spots. She's the one character of all the siblings, including Logan and and her brothers and and uh, her uncle, whoever. She's all over the place. Is she smart? Is she dumb? Is she on the family side? Is she not? Is she a good sister? Is she not? Like she has that moment with Kendall and Safe Room when he hugs her and it's like all of a sudden she's this 
authentic, caring sister. And then other times she just wants to trample everyone in the family. And is she, she loves Tom. She doesn't love Tom. Now, maybe that's the point of the character, but it's a roller coaster ride. And I think out of all the characters on the show, it's the one character they have not figured out totally who she is, what she cares about, what does she want. If she liked the family this month, why did she work much love? Why did she work for Gil? So you're, what was the point of that? That this is the thing, right? And uh, you're, you're how did she not on, see Holly Hunter coming with yeah, the, the setup? And it's right. like, are you smart or you're not smart? So this is there's a frustration with the character arc because we can like tolerate one vice, one sort of you know blind spot, and for her, what they set us up with in terms of that blind spot was, you know, she wants to to not be tied down to one man. I mean, that, that feels right. like the, the one thing where, and she's willing to use, you know, she's got a, a, a like all of them, a, a, a calculus and she's willing to use all of her sort of tools to sort of get what she wants. But there are a lot of questions about her decision-making. They, she, they, we were presented with her early on as having a great political nose. And yet in many other instances, her instincts are so completely wrong she she embarrasses herself beyond repair with the at the dinner with the pierces i mean yeah the pierce thing was weird right. the when they're on stage for the panel and she calls her dad the dinosaur she says, she says the dinosaur thing and it feels like it's she's like too smart for this stuff that's it and i guess my question is this if we're going to say this character has bad decision making that's one thing I just don't think they can make up their mind on what this character is. And again, I don't blame the actress because I think Sarah Snook is an amazing actress. Like and, I love her. I'm I'm in for with her for life. And what she was able to do in season two, um, you just like you just have a crush on her. Well, and 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 not only that, but like there are some really touching, revealing, heart wrenching moments when she goes to bat for Tom after Tom tells her. Right. You, you broke my heart, essentially. And then she she just shows a, a human decency that we don't see out of the Roy she did family it. otherwise. I don't know. I thought I think she's kind of a monster. Well, she's she's definitely, you know, you can use that word because of the unfettered ambition and how the, you know, the the desire she's so tickled by her dad coming to her and saying, I think you're the one. I mean, he basically sets her up for three quarters of a season of, of easy manipulation. He just pushes her around a little bit in the direction he wants her to go. Which, which also isn't authentic to me. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the frustration that you're saying. Frustration with the narrative. So here's the thing. If, if you're telling me all of this is intentional, the showrunner, Jesse Armstrong, his whole point with this character is to make us really frustrated. I would say that's fine. But we also have other evidence from the first few episodes that they figured out some of these characters as it went along. Like they completely figured out Kendall from where he was in those first couple episodes. Roman, same thing, made him way less campy. Yeah. He's just firing off one-liners. Shiv, it's like, am I rooting for her? Hard to say. Hard to say. I don't do have I, good Do answer. I think she has a good soul? Uh, I think what she did in terms of going to bat for Tom Plus, some of the moments where it's just the three kids together, not with Connor, right, are really authentic. Use I'm glad I used that word, like genuine sibling bonding, Good sister moments, brother stuff. great sister moments. Yeah, well, I have eleven characters I like more in there. Um, Tabitha is our number eleven. That's Roman's hooker girlfriend, and is, I guess not a hooker, maybe more like a. No, I don't know. What is yeah. she? I don't know. I'm not sure. She per she was participating in a sex party. It seemed like she probably was being compensated for her participation in that particular so party. So she's like a hostitute? Maybe a hostitute. Yes. I like that a lot. All right. Tap but I, the, tap I don't know what else she does for money. Yeah, what does she do for money? I don't Does know she have a job? I don't know. I don't know. It's unclear to me. Well, she had a snowball incident with Tom. <laughs> <laughs> and it was hot. It was it was it was hot. It's a hot thing. It was a very hot thing. Greg I did, the egg I did not agree. Swallow my own load. Greg um, the egg did not agree. Greg, Greg the egg hot. was horrified. He was mortified. But Tabitha got off some great lines. Her dynamic with Roman. I never watched Masters of Sex, but apparently she was on that show too. Her dynamic with Roman was awesome. Where Roman just wouldn't have sex with her, and she's <laughs> when they just started dating. She's sexually frustrated, and she's getting off 
you know, barbs left and right. The phone sex scene is a classic. Well, she's a, a I love that that character, and they have a couple of these in the show. They're like kind of a, outside of the Roy orbit, and they're truth tellers. Like she yeah. tells a kind of truth about the character. About hey, what does Roman's she have to lose? She's a hostitute, <laughs> right? So she she's worldly, right? She can see. This is why she's so appealing. This is why Roman likes her. Well, she's friends with Naomi Pierce. Which makes me think, so how did they cross paths? Oh, the party Pierce, circuit. We know, yeah, party circuit. Party circuit. So New York she, party circuit. You think she's like a socialite? Like yes. a Paris Hilton? Yes. I need a more Tabitha backstory. I mean, maybe they, we get it in, in season right, three. Maybe we'll get we'll spin it off. Number 10. Somebody who is a hooker. Willa. Yep. We never see her in that she's role. She's definitely a call girl, though. Well, they, that's, first that's how few Connor episodes, met her. Yeah, she... And they're worried about it and they don't let her in a couple family pictures and all that stuff. She is like a weirdly valuable character. Hmm. She she comes in and you're like, all right, so this is just the blank slate, Connor. Like, there's some stuff going on with her. Like she, especially there's some comic stuff with her that she develops in season two, especially in the Safe Room episode. When she throws the iPad off the yacht in the final episode. Fantastic. Unbelievable. Her being a playwright, her kind of fumbling along, her the way she kind of navigates the relationship with her and Connor, where it's like, does she like this person? Is oh, she attracted to him? Yeah, maybe. But by the last few episodes of season two, they do feel like a team. It's like she's kind of bought in, right? Yeah, because she loves the money. Yeah. Lo- not, I mean, she loves the lifestyle. I'm not suggesting that she's purely motivated just to like try and, and, and cash, but like... Oh, no. Uh, whatever. No, she's purely motivated by the money. What are her, you talking about? What whatever her, her, what else would it be? Whatever she perceives of her life options, she's, she's fine with making whatever self-compromises she needs to live this lifestyle and be a partner with Captain Doofus. Um, and she is like the intellectual side of that relationship. She wrote the eulogy that would not get him in, in hot water with, 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 uh, with, with That's the, the thing. Bo Lester. She has weirdly astute feelings on things. Some like instincts that she, are right. Yeah. She was the one who realized in that funeral, don't say anything that could hurt your election chances. Now, she was also dumb enough to think Connor had a chance to be the next president. Well, I of the United think she States. was just indulging him. Yeah, like, there's no maybe. downside for her to indulge that nonsense. Probably would have come out at some point that she was a call girl if he if he <laughs> you think he, is that now that? you could argue like Melania Trump, who knows nothing came out with that. Great we, point. We still don't know her background. Great point. Um okay. I have Will at number nine. I have throwing the iPod off the yacht. Or number ten. Throwing the iPad off the yacht was great. Number nine. Our guy, Greg the Egg. Yeah. Someone have him higher. I think his usage rate, boy, this is sacrilegious to some people. I thought his usage rate was a tad too high. A little too high. Yeah. Like they, like if you could have toned it down 8%, I think there were some fourth quarters when they were clearing out for Greg that maybe I wouldn't have. I think he was more of a come off the bench, hit a couple threes, set some picks kind of character. His The highlight of him is him and Tom together, I think. They had some of the best stuff. Yeah, really, nearly every kind of scene. And he had, of anyone in the first 20 shows, the easiest to understand, best sketched out arc. Yeah. From the buffoon he was in the first one who didn't even have enough money to pay for a cab and all that stuff to where he goes at the end where he becomes Kendall's kind of, you know, side conspirator when they finally Stand in there pull with it the, on the documents Logan. in the envelope. That's and this right. goes back to the ship thing where it's like they sketch that Greg arc out perfectly. And yet the shift thing looks like the win expectancy chart for one of those basketball games where people keep hitting threes. <laughs> it's like it's just lines going up and down. It's like, where are we with Shiv this week? I don't know. So the the Greg the Egg thing, I totally agree with you in terms of his arc having, you know, a a, a sensible kind of trajectory is something that we could uh, wrap our minds around. And I also uh, totally agree with the idea that his usage rate was a little high for my taste as well. I I get the idea of his, you know, naivete, whether it's, it's calculated or not as another vehicle for us to, you know, kind of get a perspective on how these characters uh, you know, the true nature of, of of the characters. We see it through Greg's naivete yep. a little bit. And his, you know, he, he's batting, his batting average is pretty high in terms of his political instincts. 
and how to create opportunities. He's got a little bit of street hustle to him, a little bit of street sense. Saving copies of those documents, pretty smart. Choosing not to bring, you know, he both uh, in the early uh, second uh, second episode, third episode, where um, he's sent back to the house to get some belongings. Shiv gives him, uh, Roman gives him an instruction to bring back the papers to sign. Shiv tells him not to. He sides with Shiv on that decision. I mean, he's got some instincts. Well, he's number nine. Number eight. This seems, I'm surprised he's not higher, but this is where we are. L to the OG, Logan Roy. Logan? Yeah, I have him eighth. It's seven characters I enjoy more than them. Okay, let's hear it. Here's here's my issue with Logan. Other than horrible father, a monster of a human being, and um, as Mallory Rubin said, um, all of these kids are damaged birds because of him, solely because of him. And he pits up against each other constantly. But that, that makes him a great character for the show. My issue with the Logan character, and I'm about to ruin him for you a little bit. So this guy's in such bad health, the first four or five episodes, and summons this unbelievable uh, Larry Bird with the injured back 1992 playoffs performance just to like give his speech so he doesn't seem weak to kind of stave off the coming, you know, Logan or uh, Kendall trying to take company from him. And he's just weak, losing his fastball. He's peeing in the office on the floor. That's his, that's a house, that's at home. He's, yeah. And well, he he also peed in Kendall's office. Yes. Well, that was deliberate. Yeah. But he's doing stuff like that. And then first season, first episode, season two, He's thrown fucking 95 miles an hour again. <laughs> what happened? Is this is this guy... He recovered. Re- recovered from what? It, it looked he like had he had stroke. dementia. He had a stroke. You don't recover from a stroke. He is, he, the first season, he has his 80th birthday, for Christ's sakes. I think it's... I don't think it's authentic enough that by basically season two, he's throwing 95. He's battling with everybody. He's controlling the room. He's doing bore on the floor. It's like, this guy was this weak, old, doddery man who was about to lose his company, and he just miraculously recovered. We, it's never addressed. I don't feel like it was that Wait, miraculous the, to recovery. Where's the hospital trip where they're like, hey, Logan's really doing great. We're I so mean, fired up. A big part of that season two thing is Kendall managing his meds because whoever it was, the, the assistant right, that she was missed supposed a, to mess, she missed missed one a, dose. So Kendall takes it upon himself and that's part of, you know, Kendall's redemption within it, with his father and he puts him close to his father to be responsible for that. But he's still taking his meds. He still needs to sit down all the time. He's still, they do, I mean, I, I hope Brian Cox is in good health, but the, the character is fat. You know, he's having a hard time. He, you can see him laboring around. I, I'm I'm surprised that you think that that he's not capable. It's sheer force of will for a megalomaniac like that who believes that the world revolves around him through sheer force of will that that he's he's unstoppable. He's literally unstoppable. And so a stroke, fuck that. He's got a he's got a company to run and his ego. Okay. He's well, a planet, not a man. <laughs> All right, so if we're to think that he's recovered and he's kind of back to being Logan, how does he get like his ass handed to him by Nan Pierce? How does he not see the Ray Joel thing at all? Why does he handle the thing with Shiv and Kendall I, I, so badly? I think he handles all that stuff fine. And I think he does. Well, what's, I think what's good about it. No, I mean, the, I would argue that he's terrible at his job. Those are the aspects that make him. S- you know, they, they that tie him it to, to the story in a way that makes it plausible. He's not infallible. He's not God. He's not capable. He not every decision that he makes is perfect. He's he's uh, paranoid and you know delusional and nar- he's a narcissist. Like all the the pathological stuff that goes along with him, but that doesn't keep him from making bad business decisions or questionable business decisions, right? Or, and, and we know he's I've got more of bad decisions with his kids. Listen, I love the Logan Roy character. Yeah. I'm just nitpicking because I wanted to put seven people above him. Okay. How about this? Goes to the fuck off thing a little too much. Wow. Yeah. Not for me. Yeah. Not for me. Develop some other low post moves, Logan no, Roy. No, that one it works. It can't just be fuck off twice a, an episode. It's a sky hook. 
It, it works every time. Fuck off works every time. It's like it's a it's a Kareem Skyhook, Bill Simmons. It's like when good times when JJ started saying dynamite every episode. It's like, all right, we get it. Dynamite's no, I like thing. dynamite every nah, episode. Like, fuck off should be used like a nuclear weapon. When it's used, it should be this impactful, incredible thing. He's, he he's throwing it around to people on the it's fucking a very street. versatile. Fuck off. Uh, he uses it in a, in a dozen different ways. Terrible father. Yes, I think. The best Logan moments for me are like when he is the chess master, like the last episode of the first season, Kendall kills the guy, brings Kendall in the next day and he just navigates oh the room God. just perfectly. Insane. And all of a sudden, like How the old man's got his fastball back. I think he's all over the place in season two in a way that's kind of weird. Okay. It's like, what what is good about him running a business anymore? He's ready to double down on the on the Nazi anchor. <laughs> Hey, we stuck by our talent. <laughs> well, I got married in Hitler's bunker. It's just which way is the wind blowing for in in each moment? All he cares about is making money for the company, uh, and and for, you know he demolishes Walter. That it. couldn't have been a good business decision. I don't know if it was or wasn't. Yeah, you're just a Logan defender. Well, I That's have seven. True, characters. I am. When I get to these other seven characters, you'll see why Logan was eight. Number seven, Jerry, your favorite sixty-four-year-old cougar. I would put her in the top three. She's in the top three for me. The best thing about this character is you could tell she wasn't supposed to be that important of a piece of the show in the first four or five episodes and hit everything out of the park to the point where they go into season two and they're like, we actually have to lean into this. It's the actress. We have something great. Great actress. Yes. Jay Smith Cameron. Yes. Jay Cameron Smith or Jay Smith Cameron? Yes. Jay, <laughs> Jay Smith Cameron Cameron Smith. Yes. She's great. I don't know how she pulls off sexual tension with Roman and this weird mother-son kind of thing, the thing he's been looking for because he obviously has such a fucked up relationship with his mom. It's a piercing emotional intelligence and that's why I like her. She is present for every crisis facing the Roy family and they are in perpetual crisis and her as the trusted consigliere, this might be part of the appeal to her might be like the the lawyer in me, right? You know, 25 years ago, I went to law school and I yeah. went through all of that. There is a certain stability to her, right? She's not up and down and all over the place in this, this heaving sea of the Roy family. She's constantly just plowing along on the, on the tugboat and not getting tossed and not getting flipped over. And, and everybody seeks her counsel. I mean, I, I, Plus, just what she does with Roman is otherworldly. She saved that character to me. Yeah. Because they they turned Roman was such a caricature of a of a jerk off, you know, uh New York dipshit. I love that. Who though. wouldn't spend any, you know, couldn't bother to spend five minutes uh building any kind of business acumen or anything. And they used her, used that character, her character, to convince him, filling a mother role, that he just take take six weeks go go do the business training thing and i'll be your your ally in this yeah that nurturing instinct like that's that's it really adds to the richness of the whole show to me and it saved roman to me also a great political move by her incredible political move and this is difference in her and shiv that that's character right. was reliable the decision she made and the way she played scenes with different characters and just this is just how to play the room. She was very consistent. Whereas I felt like Shiv was all over the map, depending on the episode or the season. I didn't know where, I don't think she knew because it was being written all over the place. Jerry, I, Jerry, just from the first moment, even when they're talking about, should we do the Pierce Day or not? The Born in the Four episode. And she's the one who's like, yeah, I have reservations. I'm not sure, but she that's what she should have said because they had built up the equity that she was going to be the one that said that. They did a good job with her. I should mention here, just for the uh, the listeners, House was devastated that she didn't get naked with uh, with with Roman. There's still time. Season two. Still time. I jokingly texted you during that. I was like, were you upset that Jerry, we didn't get a sex scene with Jerry? And she's like, upset? I was furious. <laughs> it's not too late. <laughs> Season three. Not too Jerry. late. <laughs> Jerry's going to break it out. Uh, time for number six. 25 favorite characters on Succession. Number six, it's two people. 
It's the Fly Guys. Oh, my God. Of course. They're only in two scenes. <laughs> they barely have any dialogue. The first one, they show up for Tom's bachelor party and get left behind. And then the second one, they show up for the wedding. We see them getting out of a car. No, the bus. And the bus. And the Tom bus goes, that can't, that's not allowed to drive all the way up. <laughs> yeah. Tom goes, hey, it's the Fly Guys. And then does like this fake punchy thing. Oh. Just... I love that they, it's almost like the Russian in the woods of the Sopranos. There's no backstory with the fly guys. There's like clearly his idiot friends from college. Why do they go along They probably with buried it? a prostitute like 20 years ago somewhere. Oh, no. No, some, I don't think there's anything sorted among them. They oh, the fly guys have, the terrible things have happened with the fly guys. I don't know. The fly guys and Tom, yeah, yeah they're, too, they're too dopey. They like, went on a Bulgaria trip and definitely <laughs> there was a murder that was so. covered no, up. I, I don't think that. I love the fly guys. Can we start? Can we find two people in our lives to call the Fly Guys? It's, it's so dumb. The Fly Guys. Oh my God. Yeah. This is where people are getting mad that I had the Fly Guys over Logan Roy. People Look, are mad. It's my list. Number five, Kendall Roy. Sure. Fine. Rapper, Method, Father, Scheming Fuck Up Son. Not Method, Cokehead. Well, he tried Meth too that day in New Mexico. Uh, Irrational Confidence Investor. Bed shitter. <laughs> it's a good list. <laughs> what a character. Uh, I'll just say this. Jeremy Strong. I think the best performance on HBO since Gandolfini and The Sopranos. Wow. Yeah. In the last That's 15 years. praise. I think it's the best anyone's done on that network. Because that means you like him better than anybody in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yes. And you didn't even hesitate. Yes. Even Dinklage. Even Dinklage. Yeah. Wow. I think it's a much harder character. He's got to do so many things over the course of those 20 episodes. And, you know, your heart breaks for him. You hate his guts. He's a fucking asshole. Um, He's a, he, he, yeah. He has a weird morality to him, even though he has no morals at all. And he's just this incredibly damaged guy and navigates it the whole way where it's never not believable. And just an incredible actor. Like, honestly, just an incredible actor. The heel turn that ends season two is an all-time wow, jaw-dropping scene. And the only reason that it packs the punch that it delivers is because of him. Because of the arc of, of him. And, well, and you said it because we, we watched the end of it today again, even though I've seen it 10 times. The, he's on the head, he's on the out of the headphones. He's watching, he sees Shiv come out and she goes over to Tom and whispers. And now he's starting to realize, oh, they're going to make me the fall guy. I'm the one. And then she's like, hey, Kendall. And he takes up the headphones, does the slow motion walk, has the scene with the dad. The and you were saying he does the Judas kiss. It looks like a Judas kiss to me. Yeah. Absolutely right. He's like, why wasn't it me? And he's like, you're, he's like, you don't have it in you. You're not a killer. You're not a killer. Gives him the Judas kiss, goes back to the table, says it's me. They say, Roman, you're the new, uh, what do they call it? COO, Chief C Operating yeah, Officer. Yeah, Chief Operating Officer. And he gives them, like, Roman, that proud look. Like, yeah. you do a great job, Roman. Like, yeah. I, the, it felt sincere. It did. The relationship between the siblings, I thought, was handled really well. Because Me too. They, over and over again, tapped into, and you have a bunch of siblings, so you get this, like, there's moments where it feels like they're all, like, 10 years old again, right? The way they've fight, make fun of each other. It's just, I, you know, keep, not to keep saying the word authentic, but very authentic. Well, the shared experience that they have, the damage that each of them suffers at the hands of their, uh, you know, insane sociopath father. Oh, I thought you were going to say insane sociopath. And it turns out the damage isn't from their father. It's from their mother. <laughs> who's, who's way meaner than the father. She is a Yeah, we're going to get to her in a second. Um, so many good Kendall moments. I like when, uh, before he kills the waiter, when Greg, <laughs> Greg goes and basically insinuates he has blackmail and he's look at you, you little Machiavellian fuck. I see you, Greg. I see you, Greg. I like it. <laughs> it's really good. He does. Say, I think it means they think of me as a cock ring made from calamari. Frank, like the deadpan of it. He, he, he's just really great. Yeah. Great character. Oh, it's just, it's all, all time. We can't, I can't wait to see season three. So how is he not in the top four? Well, I have Roman at four. I'm starting to vacillate now. I kind of wish I had Roman five and Kendall at four, just from what you said about Roman earlier. But 
Roman, they figure out that character about halfway through season one. And I think a lot of it probably had to do with ad-libbing from Culkin. But mm -hmm. he gets off more funny one-liners. Oh, I mean, You could do a YouTube clip. It would be like 20 minutes long. He becomes almost like if it was Kirby Enthusiasm, he's like what Super Dave meant to Kirby Enthusiasm. But if Super Dave was a much more important character on the show, right? I, I seriously, if, if I ever met Kieran Culkin, I just don't know how I could have a conversation with him and not feel like I was talking to Roman Roy. Like, how does he operate in his room? I've seen him do like behind the scenes stuff and he's explaining the character. Yeah. And it's still to me in Roman Roy's voice. I feel like Roman Roy is explaining Roman Roy. It's an amazing, amazing character that 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 he inhabits and and is just his his body, his physical, uh, the physical way that he presents that character is so on point and powerful and believable. And it makes me, this is the experience I said when, when we talked about it, I resent hit that character through the first four or five episodes because it wasn't until I went back and rewatched it to see, I feel like they did him a disservice a little bit. We didn't get to see like all of the rich, complicated, you know, more complex possibilities for him until, till really season two. Um, but man, it's a, it's a great character. Tremendous job by that guy. He's, it's like, He's probably closer to Fredo than Kendall he, is, but well, Connor's. They start there, but him now and he's Connor not kind of share the Fredo thing. Connor's the, the Fredo. It's not even close. But they, but like the the boardroom scene when Kendall's trying to do the overthrow, and Roman just doesn't have ultimately just doesn't have the balls to go against his dad. And, and, and they and, show him in the table and he's like, his body language, he's like slinking in his seat. Because they treat him like a baby. I feel like they shortchanged him a little bit. Yeah. But by, by the end of, by the, basically the bachelor party episode is when he comes into his own. And, and honestly, the whole thing that goes down in Turkey feels like the, where they use that as the vehicle to, to give him the seasoning, the gravitas, like, you know. Because he right. almost delivers an out for the family. But then is smart investment. enough to realize it's it's probably a house of cards and they can't do it. And it, it was, actually shows some real business acumen. It was awesome. It was a great, great character turn. at the, and, and, and it's just in the last two episodes of season two. I think my favorite Roman moment was after he got rid of the Fly Guys and he goes, all right, who wants to fuck a hobo or whatever? <laughs> and Tom's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> there are too many of those kinds of lines. Roman uh, is a fantastic character. All right, number three, the mom, oh, Lady Caroline. Yeah, Lady Caroline. Now you talk about incredible PR and usage rate. Every time she's on the screen, she's insulting somebody. The insults, I, I gotta say, this scares me to say this, but she reminds me a little of my mom. This oh. is when my <laughs> My mom, my mom after like four drinks where she's just like this, just could kind of get a little vicious. But, um, this, uh, just everyone is terrified of her. It's so funny that she's the one the kids are all afraid of, not their own dad. Their dad, who's one of the biggest villainous, most feared media titans of the last 30 years, at least the show makes us think. And the mom is the one that has everybody just on pins and needles because she cuts right to the core. She sees through every single one of them and has them all figured out immediately. She's going around the wedding, asking people how long it's going to last and <laughs> with a twinkle in her it. eye. Yes. yes. She's mean. She's mean for sport. She's the, everyone in the show is incredibly mean, which I think is the biggest criticism against it. She's the one who's just like, I'm mean. This is who I am. I'm owning it. And you can all pretend you're somebody else. I'm the one who's going to pretend Nothing. This is who I am. I am a mean person. It's her, great. Her toast where she says, you know, I want to tell you how much I love you because I don't think I'm going to be around for your second wedding. <laughs> but that punchline is fucking devastating. Incredible. So and then, uh, you know, the big payoff when Kendall goes back when they're in England and he's fucked up because he's in the house of the kid he killed. And then he wants to confide in his mom that night. And she's like, you know, let's do it in the morning. I'm a little tired. Like she just has no empathy yes. or any sort of sense 
of her kids being in danger, in trouble, what their moods are. She's a monster. She's, the, it, bigger, she's the biggest monster on the show, well, and I'm here for it. And an emotional distance, right? That's not 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 going to be bridged. We never really. Do. It's not distance. It's. <laughs> it is. It might be. She's on another planet. Yeah, that's right. That is. She is, but. It's just great job. What's her name? Lady Caroline? Lady Caroline Collingwood, I believe. Yeah. I hope we get to see her again. All right. Well, the top two for me. It This is really Bird versus Magic. This is Brady versus Manning. This is Ali and Frazier. Tom and Connor in the final two. I have Tom at two. Tom, some of the best lines in the show. You can't make a Tomlet without breaking some Greggs. <laughs> um, I didn't cheat. All the sperm stayed in my own body like a closed loop system. Closed loop system is... You don't really hear about syphilis. You much about syphilis anymore. It's very much the MySpace of STDs. <laughs> he has like 40 of those. Yes. But that... He's, I think, gets the most out of a character of anybody on this show. Like even like we talked about Culkin. That guy, Roman's pretty close to Culkin, right? Tom in real life might be a completely different human being than he is on this show. The the single biggest, you know, uh, I don't know if it's a shock to the system, but like watching the behind the scenes and hearing him and Shiv talk in their in their natural British accent. And Shiv's Australian. Oh, I mean, Shiv's Australian and he's yeah. he's he's English, right? He's from the UK. Yeah. And hearing their accents is like Wow, what a wow that is. He's so it's such a complicated character. He might be gay. We're not or like he might have they're they're like he's clearly like kind of in love with Greg, but I, I don't I can't unpack that relationship. But he gets so mad when Greg tries to leave him. He's like, You're mine! <laughs> he's yeah. screaming at him. Um uh, he's you know, obviously a climber, but I also think he really loves Shiv. I agree. He's made that trade. He's made a trade where he understands that he, for the purpose of the life that that and lifestyle that he wants, he's hit. He's Shiv is a lottery ticket. He's won the lottery ticket. He has her affection. He thinks that he's prepared to accept her and really the the whole family on whatever terms they serve up. Even when Logan insults him and says, you buried a man who's beneath you right in front of him. It's perpetual humiliation. Yeah. They humiliate him to his face relentlessly and he takes it and he takes it and he takes it. But you it can't feel bad it. for him because he's also a bad person. He's like, complicit in that. It, when they think there's a shooter in the in the building in that episode, he's ready to like bowl over. I mean, he, he, he deliberately Executives, executives coming. <laughs> and he's running. He pushes people out of the way. Great character. So, superb. Absolutely. And I think one of my favorite HBO characters ever. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I really think, I really, as good as everybody is, I think Tom and Connor, for me, are up there with some of the greats over the years, like BC. We loved BC. <laughs> <laughs> Who is better than Adabisi? Speaking of uh, emotional and rich, uh, you know, a depth. What was Marty Funkhauser? Marty Funkhauser. Marty Funkhauser's sister. Yes. Yeah. Oh, God. You're going through um, the Polly Walnuts. I mean, we've had some great ones over the years. I would have Tom and Connor alongside all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Tom, great. In the the shift thing, it's like you almost don't want it to work out. I know Tom's a bad person, but I also know Shiv's going to destroy him and he's probably going to end up committing a murder or something bad's going to happen to him. I don't know why I'm rooting for him because it's not like he's redeemable, but I just, the actor is so likable. It's a great character. And he, he, he loves her. That's the thing, right? We, we actually see a real affection. He, he doesn't want to do a threesome because he just wants to be with his wife. Yeah. She tries to, to you know, give him the threesome as a way of making peace for the fact that she told him on their wedding night that she wanted an, uh, she didn't want to be monogamous. She wanted an open relationship and maybe the threesome is, you know, a way to, and he's like, you know what? I'm not a hippie. <laughs> I, don't right. want, I just want to have my wife. I just want to be with my wife. And then that, that, that scene uh, on the beach is just devastating. The sad that I am with you. I'm not sure that the sad I, I am without you is going to be worse than the sad that I am with you. Unbelievably. Yeah, Tom can pull off that scene. He can pull off walking over to Logan and just taking his chicken 
<laughs> well, that's what he does next. And then he can pull off the ate his own sperm after getting blown at his bachelor party. And then it's just reconciling with it for the next, I oh, it was hot. And he's just like searching for approval from anybody that it's okay. And uh, Amazing. it's just fantastic. All right. Connor is my number one. Okay. I'll give you some, uh, some reasons. This should have been the worst character in the show. All of these shows have the one character that doesn't quite work, but they're kind of stuck going down the road. I, I said last week on with Joanna that like billions Axe's wife was that character. They just couldn't figure it out. And eventually they kind of had to nudge her off, but they all have them. Every show has that one where it's like, ah, this one, even the Sopranos, you know, when they would, they would detour sometimes with like, uh, what was the priest that um, oh, yeah. Carmela was in Carmella's love with? Pre, we yeah. had to deal with that guy. And yeah. we had to get like Furio and, you know, they, they all kind of detour in the wrong ways. This show, it's perfectly cast. The detours never really happen. But then Connor is the one who's like, all right, I, I get it. It's the black sheep half brother. He's the flat pancake. Yeah, I get as, it. As all right. Calls him. But Alan Ruck is playing him. So yeah. that's like, that's a good sign. Yep. Had, had a good history with that guy. Yep. Some of the highlights. The Austerlitz Ranch had to change the name. <laughs> Apparently it was offensive in the 1800s. Um, to, he debates Gil and he goes, I fucking smoked him. Uh, he funds a hooker's terrible play. He runs for president. He does the presidential, what's that weird video he did? Yeah. The hype video. He does the speech at Mo's funeral. He does the speech for his dad's work event. I love you. Super much, super dad, <laughs> whatever that thing. He's just, he's always on. It's he, like he's hitting a home run every time. I, I, so the oh, the counter argument would be that he is, he's written in a one note way, but I think that Alan Ruck just fills him with uh, a level of, of surreal insanity that he just inhabits. He is the eccentric, weirdo, out of touch, black sheep, older sibling, belongs to a different mother character. Got it. Okay. That guy I know. But what Alan Ruck does with him then inhabits him. There's always a twinkle in his eye. I always want to hear what he has to say. I'm always up for conversations between him and Willa. Oh, like, yeah. It's, it's, it's like they can, you can spin. The great thing about this show is you could have spun off Greg and Tom. And you could have spun off. It's not Connor too late. Willa. It's not too late. You have two spinoff shows on the show. Yeah. That you're, and the Fly Guys, obviously. Well, that's a backstory show. Yeah. Flashback um, show. Now it's just every time he's in a scene, he never. It's like if you're playing basketball with him, he only does what he can do. He's never interested in doing anything other than helping the team win. He's in the right spots. If you hit, if you pass the ball in the corner, he's hitting the three. He's getting the big rebound. He's just, he's just fun to play with. Well, he's willing to do anything. I yeah. mean, he he's so out of touch that he he'll go do any. He asks his father for a hundred million dollars, right? Because he's Dad, running, I'm a little cash strapped. He's running a little, I'm a, you know, I'm a little <laughs> illiquid at the moment. If this play is isn't great, can I get a hundred million dollars? Like. He doesn't ask for $5 million. He doesn't ask for a million. I need. I think I need $100 million. $100 million? It's so good. He's a little cash strap. He's, he's a little liquid at the moment. I like when uh, they're talking about Greg getting the money and he goes, hey, you can't do anything with $5 million. Five's a nightmare. You're the strongest dwarf. <laughs> he just has... He just rattles it off. It's so good. I think his best episode is probably safe room, but um, but just in general, tour de force. Great job by Alan We always Ruck. look forward to him. We love all, that guy. All, all, all his right. moments. I get it. So my top five was five Kendall, four Roman, three Kendall's mom, two Tom, and one Connor. What how would what would would your list have been different? Who would have been Yeah, because would I, Logan have cracked the top five for you? Logan's in the top five for me. Jerry's So who the, who gets bumped out? Jerry's in the top five. I have Connor further down because I still notwithstanding the richness of his comedy, how funny he is and, and like how surreal everything that he says is, I still he's a bit player to, you know, the the the, 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 the true stars of the show. I mean, I'm not just going to put all five of the of the Roy kids, I mean, the, the, the Roy family, in. I think Marsha deserves 
a, a much more prominent role. And I think she's going to be in season three. I, I, I have no basis for this. I mean, I don't have, I'm not an HBO guy, right? I don't have uh, the advanced screeners like some of us, but I'm anticipating a bigger role for Mark. I don't want the screeners. I want to watch it each week along with the rest of America. All right, America. good, good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not jumping ahead. I did that. I got screeners from Mayor of Easttown and I watched the first five. And then I was so far ahead of it, I couldn't have conversations with anybody. You feel uh, like you're guarding like this information. Anyway, succession. Kudos to HBO for giving us a, 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 a weekly, right? Let's have another weekly. That's a good time. I like great that. Great job. There's yeah. still something to be said for a show comes out once for an hour. You get to digest it, think about it, talk about it, we get read to, stuff about it. And we get to it. text on Monday Podcast, about it. text. Yeah. Then we head toward the end of the week. Now we got another show coming. It's great. So there you go. That's why in The Ringer, we're going to be doing deep dives on Wednesdays with Sean Fantasy and Joanna Robinson. Awesome. And we're also going to be doing precaps on Fridays with Chris Ryan and Big Waz heading into the next episode. A little pregame show. Wow. For Succession. And then on Mondays after Succession, The Watch, Andy Greenwald, Chris Ryan. Different feed. One of the OG pop culture OG, podcasts. yeah. So we're covering Monday on The Watch and then Wednesday and Friday on... On this pod, and by the way, well, you and I will probably talk about succession. It goes without uh, saying. I look, I look forward to people getting upset at my list. Oh, what do you think will be the most upsetting to people? Connor number one. Connor number one would be upsetting to people. I think so. Connor's a legend. <laughs> <laughs> That's just terrible take by everybody. I don't know what to tell you. I uh, stand by it, Connor. Best character on the show. Shiv at seven. Although Shiv is, is no, I had Shiv lower. I had Shiv at twelve. Shiv at twelve. That's it. Shiv listen, not in the top ten. People get mad at that. Listen, Shiv, stick with a plan for more than forty-five minutes on the show. Maybe we'll maybe we'll get it in season three. Maybe season three. Yeah, I know what else you're hoping from Shiv in season three. Not, I'm not lots of I'm not, lots not of me. affairs. That's, you like you like when Shiv gets a little little Randy. 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 Yeah, you I like run, Randy Shiv. The only sexual relationship I'm interested in Jerry is Jerry. Yes. Jerry and Robin. That's the only one I care about. So when you see the SSC strong sexual content at the start of the show, you're, you're, like, you're like, maybe this is it for fingers me. Jerry. Crossed. Fingers crossed. With well, Jerry. Good luck. I hope yeah. it happens. Thank you. Uh, that's it for the prestige TV podcast. We will see you tomorrow with Sean fantasy and Joanna Robinson until then. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.